0: Well, I'm going to dive into our message today. Um, Let me just get my iPad going here. And you know, Pastor Pritipin started our series last week. It was so powerful. And our series is called Goliath Must Fall. Goliath Must Fall. And this is what we're talking about. Maybe you've never heard the story of David and Goliath in the scriptures. I want you to know that we're going to read it today. We're going to dive into it today. But... What we're talking about is a Goliath, a giant that is in the scriptures, in this story, and we're, we're looking at that giant at, as different things that we struggle with in our own lives. How many of you face giants in your life? Maybe your giant is guilt. Maybe your giant is addiction. Maybe your giant is anger or bitterness. There's just some giants in our lives that are really hard to slay, like the nine-foot giant that is in the story of David and Goliath. And I want to talk about a giant today that I believe is a huge, huge giant that we all face personally, but also we face as a society And in the scriptures, there was an entire nation that was faced with the giant of fear. So today as we talk about Goliath must fall, the title of my message today is Fear Must Fall. And I believe that there are some people in this room today who are paralyzed by fear. And it's hard to overcome fear. But God wants to talk to us today, and I want us to turn to the scriptures in 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel 17, verse 8. The Israelites, okay, so there are is a a nation of people that are God's people and they are called the Israelites and they are standing right on the other side of one of a valley and the Philistine army is on the other side and they are about to go down and have this battle and there is a nine-foot giant named Goliath who is taunting the Bible says he taunted for 40 days he taunted these people some of you have fear that just pokes you and taunts you and messes with you. And so this Goliath was just taunting the Israelites. And he says this in verse 8. Goliath, <clears throat> Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight, he called. I am the Philistine champion, but you are the only You are only the servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. They were terrified and deeply shaken. What's so crazy about this story to me is what we have to understand is the context of the people of Israel. They were a people who for 400 years were in slavery and God rescued them out of slavery. He was there for them. And even though this giant is standing there telling them you will be our slaves, I mean, that hits home. That hits a personal button. You're telling me that if I win, if you win, we're gonna go back into slavery? But what I can't figure out is when God rescued, he scooped this nation of God's people out of slavery, he rescued them and they are standing there scared of one nine-foot giant after all that God had done, after all that he had done. And I think this is so parallel to some things that we deal with in our lives. Many of us have seen God do incredible things in our lives. Many of us have a relationship with him. If you don't have a relationship with him, but you've seen God move in our nation, you've seen crazy things happen, and all you can say is there must be a higher power. We've seen God work in our lives, but man, when a giant, when a Goliath, when the Goliath of fear stands in front of us, we get scared, and we forget what God has done. We, in a sense, have been scooped up from slavery. He already set us free. Jesus died on the cross, and yet when we are faced with something that is not fair, that was not our choice, that is really hard to deal with, we are scared and we struggle, if we're honest, to trust that God would do it again, that He would be there for us again. And this was the Israelites' back and forth battle, right? And this is how we live in our Christian lives honest, or, uh, often. And we're supposed to be, m- many of you may be saying, you know, Amrita, I am stuck in this job and I feel like I'm supposed to go do something. I have this business idea. I have this thing I feel like I'm supposed to do, but I'm scared. I don't have enough money. I don't have the right people cheering me on. Because fear is bringing you paralysis. Maybe you're supposed to go back to school this fall but you haven't signed up because you're too scared. There's fear inside of you. I wonder about even these two services about to come up. You say, Amrita, I love to serve, but I've been burnt out by church. I've been hurt by church, and I told myself I would never let that happen again. Fear is keeping you from moving forward in your purposes of God. Maybe today, on a serious note, you are in an abusive relationship It's very difficult for you to think about stepping outside of that because fear has gripped you so deeply. Maybe you're an overprotective parent who's so scared that something's going to happen to your kid. Listen, my dad was so overprotective, he didn't let us do anything! And I lived in the middle of nowhere Kansas where nothing happened. And maybe you are one of those parents, I'm trying, I am kind of one, I'm trying not to be like my dad in that way, I love my dad, and want to be like him in many ways, but that part, man, I'm just trying, because I remember what it felt like to be a teenager under my dad's house. So today, I want to talk about fear. And fear really distorts our reality, doesn't it? It messes with our minds. So I want to tell you this story. I work in the country of Cambodia, I have for the last six years uh, with my team, being able to do some incredible work among uh, the poor communities in Cambodia. And one time, one of these trips, I was at this dingy hotel, this is where my team and I stayed, and we were in this dingy hotel, and how many of you have ever heard of a gecko? Anybody know what a gecko is, okay? These tiny little gross lizards, okay? And um, so I actually have a picture of a gecko. Can we put that, there it is right there, okay? And um, I know, I I knew this would happen. Some of you are like, oh, that's so cute. Because some of you, when you see this gecko, you see this gecko. The Geico gecko, right? That's what you see. Um, But that is not the case for me. When I see this gecko, fear begins to grip me. I begin to shake all over and start losing my mind. Because when I see this gecko, I see this! I see the Jurassic Park, Tyrannosaurus Rex, and... Uh, Chris, what's his name, (laughs) in the corner right there, Chris Pratt. I see it all, and I'm terrified when I uh, see a gecko. So I'm in this hotel. You can go back to the little gecko right there. Okay, I just want all of you that think this is cute, okay, this little gecko has fingernails on its little like toes. That's gross, okay, so you're gross if you think that this is cute. So anyway, uh, I go into this elevator in this dingy motel and I step inside of it and I'm ready to go up to my room on the fifth floor. I push the button and I'm not kidding you, the power goes out, the elevator stops and it's black. And I, before I had walked into this elevator, I had assessed the gecko situation. And so I knew that there were like four of them on the ceiling of the elevator already. So when I'm standing in there and it goes black and nothing is moving, I literally started to panic. And I just kept seeing these gecko slash tyrannosaurus rex, it's a really hard word for me. I just kept thinking that they were gonna come all over me, crawl into my body and just start eating me alive. If you know anything about geckos, they actually are harmless and they eat bugs so they don't actually hurt anybody, but I don't care. It just totally freaked me out. And I, I literally, I remember, I'll never forget this, I was like, oh Jesus, no. Oh Jesus, please. Like I was like truly crying out to God, my savior, to save me from the geckos. And sure enough, after just a couple minutes, the lights turned back on. I got out to the fifth floor and I ran out of that elevator because fear distorts things. Fear messes with us. And when I saw those geckos, all I see is this terrible things that are going to happen. And while this may be kind of humorous, uh, we all kind of have this in our lives, some fear that truly grips us. We're a society that's plagued by fear. I want to throw this slide up. And this is in 2017, the top 10 fears that we face, and they're categorized in government, environment, economic, and man made disasters. And so 74% corruption of government officials, American health care, Trump Act 55%, pollution of oceans and rivers and lakes 53%, pollution of drinking water 50%, not having enough money for the future. 50%, high medical bills, 48 the US will be involved in another world war, 48% of Americans believe that, global warming and climate change, 48%, North Korea using weapons, 48%, and air pollution, 45%. We, like the Israelites, are a nation terrified and deeply shaken. And we are struggling with fear you know what this lie doesn't even show that we're afraid of flying we're afraid of spiders where my fear of spiders at Yep. how about how about snakes okay those of you like like me like the whole reptile world is just terrifying okay and it's causing anxiety and it's causing nervousness it's robbing us of our sleep fear is truly messing with us And I'm starting to realize that as people who follow Jesus, we aren't living much different than anyone else. Even though we've seen God move in our lives, we struggle with a duality of our faith. We struggle with that. We love God, but we don't always trust him. We forget about him. And there was a man in the scriptures who truly operated in faith and not fear, and his name was David. First Samuel 48 says this, as Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran to meet him. Reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistines with only a sling and a stone for he had no sword. Then David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath. David used it to kill him and cut off his head. What a dramatic scene. What a dramatic scene. And I'm reading this this week, and I'm dealing with my fear, and I'm saying, is it possible that I could slay the giant of fear in my life? With Jesus, is it possible? And I have three thoughts for us today because I believe that we don't have to be a people who are so fearful that we're not walking in the fullness of God, amen? The first thought is this. David won because of how he thought, not how he fought. In verse 34, David was talking to Saul before he slayed Goliath. And he talked to Saul, his leader, and he said, listen, Saul, I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from the Philistine. David won because of how he thought, not how he he fought. And you know what he thought about? He remembered. The power of remembering. He remembered that God had helped him defeat bears and lions and club them to death. How many of you want to club your fear to death? (laughs) Thanks, baby. Come on. (laughs) David remembered. He wasn't afraid. Here's the other thing I was thinking about with David. David had heard his parents and his grandparents and all of these people say, as a little boy, tell him the stories about how God had rescued them from slavery. God had taken them into the desert and he provided manna from heaven so they could eat. This is a little boy who is like, why wouldn't God be with us? Why wouldn't we be able to kill this Philistine? What is going on with the duality of your faith? And I believe that it is how he thought he remembered that God's love would overcome the giant that stood in front of them, that they would not have to go back into slavery, to slavery where they once were. You know, I don't know if you've ever heard this statement. Have you ever heard anyone say, the mama bear And you just came out? heard that? You know what that means? It means that like sometimes as moms, like, uh, or dads, I would say too, we have kids and something may be happening with our kids that's, that, you know, is scary or someone's just messing with our kids and we just, that mama bear in you rises up and you're just like, roar! And you just like, you know, like you, you may just be this sweet, like mom, but when somebody messes with your kid, all of a sudden something comes over you, right? And so I had this moment where mama bear came out in Amritha, but it wasn't for my son. It was for my husband. And um, I don't know if you guys remember a few months ago, Pastor Pradeepan and I, we were on a date night on a Thursday night here at Bell Square and uh, we were parking and we were having an issue parking and this guy was behind us and he got really angry. So Pastor Pradeepan gets out of the car to help me like maneuver the car so that we could park like some weird turning radius issues and things. And um, so we were trying to park and uh, we Pradeepan gets out of the car to show me, you know, to say, hey, this is how much room you have, you know, like this is how much room you have. And this guy gets so angry that he hits Pradeepan with his car. He doesn't hit the car, he hits my husband. And in the side mirror, I see Pradeepin go down like this on top of this man's car. And a mama bear fierceness rose up inside of me. Sometimes you don't know, have you ever heard like, um, you either fight or flight? in moments you know normally i would think this is like an angry man who's kind of big and buff and normally i would think that maybe i would flight, but no 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 i got out of the car i looked at the man he was still sitting in his car i looked at him brave and toppled over standing back up thankfully he wasn't terribly hurt and i look at the man and i said did you just hit my husband with your car I said that in the most serious way, and later Pastor Prudip and I were talking about it, and Prudip goes, "Amrita, did you think that that was gonna de-escalate the situation? (laughs) Or do you think that was gonna escalate the situation? And I said, babe, I don't know what came over me. Something came over me. The mama bear rose up inside of me, and I didn't have a fear of that guy. I was just like, I mean, honestly, most of me was just like, who hit a person with their car? Like, I just couldn't believe it, I was so mad. And I tell you that story because I believe that there needs to be kind of a mama bear determination against our dual faith. We need to get some excitement, some power behind our faith to stand against fear. Some of you, you need to keep fighting for your marriage. You've made it this far. You need to fight. You need to get some mama bear in you. Some of you, you as, as hard as it is, you need, to, you need to do the best you can to get around some people who will help you get out of that abusive relationship. Fear cannot paralyze you anymore. Some of you are stalling and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting and you need to stop waiting and you need to get after it. Because God has something for you on the other side. Most of us don't fight our giant of fear physically. We fight it with how we think. And we need to remember how God, as Pastor Fun says, he did it back then. He'll do it again. We launched a church a year ago. He'll do it again. And he breathed on it. He'll do it again. I believe that for two services. Number two. Number two. I got to go fast. Daily choose faith, not fear. The opposite of fear is what? Faith. Faith, the opposite of fear is faith. Having faith is crucial to overcoming the fear in our lives. There's this beautiful story in the scriptures. It's one of my favorites of all times. You can find it in Luke chapter eight. I'm gonna summarize it. But basically there was a a hemorrhaging woman, a woman who had an issue of blood. The Bible doesn't even give her a name. She had an issue of blood and she was standing in a crowd of people. Jesus was walking by with his disciples and this woman with all of the faith that she could muster up was like, I have been suffering for so many years that if I could just touch Jesus or if I could just touch something that's touching Jesus, maybe I will be healed. And so she bravely, she pushes her way and she she gets out there and she touches Jesus' cloak. And Jesus stops and he says, who touched me? And the disciples are like, what do you mean who touched you? There's a million people here. Everybody's touching you. And he said, no, power left my body. Who touched me? And Jesus stops And he turns around and he looks at this woman. And this woman is like, oh, I didn't really want to be recognized in this moment. I I just wanted to touch Jesus. And he looks looks at this woman and he says, woman, your faith has healed you. How many of you know how important it is to have faith? Faith must become greater than our fear. Some of you, you used to be a dreamer. You used to be not just optimistic, but you used to be a dreamer. Your faith was enlarged. You know those moments where you used to have a lot of faith for something. You know? Like we had moments where church planting we were like, we had a lot of faith for this. And then other times we we're like, Oh my gosh, we're freaking out. You know, there's just those those moments and you've had a lot of faith. And you used to dream and you used to be someone who was fearless. And I was confronted with this question this last Monday night by a preacher named Darius Daniels and he said this, because this is what happens when when life happens and you get disappointed in God, I want us to ask ourselves, has our faith been domesticated by disappointment? Those of us that used to believe And dream big, we had a lot of faith, and then life happened. Some things that were unfair, some things God shouldn't have allowed to happen in my life. I got disappointed, and my faith, the capacity of my faith has shrunk. You know, I know what it's like to want to hope again, but not want to hope again, right? It's hard sometimes, Has disappointment robbed your faith? Is this moment, as I'm preaching, is God asking you to believe again and hope again, where it's just been really hard for you to hope again? There's a quote by Chad Veach, another pastor, and he says this, you can't let your circumstance determine your faith, your faith should determine your circumstance, amen? Your faith should determine your circumstance. You know, when Pastor Pradeepin and I were praying about planting a church, we lived on a dirt road. Life was much different <laughs> than it is today. We lived on this dirt road, and we walked up and down this dirt road, and we were seeking God, and we were asking him about church planting. And one day, I was bold enough to ask Pradeepin this question. I didn't want to ask this question because I didn't want to seem um, like a faithless person. And so I just said, we were holding hands, we are walking down this um, dirt road, and I I said, babe, i got to ask you something. Because we had decided we were going to do this. We had faith for this. And I said, what happens if the church fails? What happens if this doesn't work out? I mean, I believe that God can do it. But like, what if in two to five years, this whole thing goes down? Where where does that leave us? Where does that leave our family? And I'll never forget, Pradeepen said, he said, "Um, Amritha. He said, we don't know the fear of the unknown we don't know but what i do know is that we're called to try we're called to believe and to hope in god because we need him and we want to live a life in our family where we need god where we can depend on who god is he said i'd rather live trying than die never having tried amen some of us need this word today because fear has paralyzed us. Daily choose faith, not fear. We need to remind ourselves of the victories we've had in God so that we have the faith to continue to step out. You need to get plugged in to a church. You need to sign up next week for a team because you need some people around you. And you're saying, oh, that's a real crafty way to get me on your team, Mom Rita. kind of. But really, you know what I mean? Those people sitting back there in this booth, they're my team. They're my kids' team. They've been with me since day, day one, and they're incredible. And today, we sat down on the red carpet in the nursery, and we had a heart-to-heart. And I said, you guys are my friends, and I'm fighting for you. Some of you need that. In order to defeat the faith in your life, the, not the faith, the fear in your life, you need to get around some people. You need to join church where we're not just friendly but we're friends. We have real friendships and we're helping each other overcome our fears. Number three, last one. Jesus is the hero of our story. I want us to consider today while many times in our battle against fear, God has empowered us to be like David and to defeat Goliath. But ultimately, David knew that God would defeat Goliath. In verse 45, David says this. He replied to the Philistine who was taunting him. He said, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. And I'm mad about it. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the, the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God of Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, and not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give it to us. David knew that God was the hero of He had been the hero of the story back when God scooped them out of slavery after 400 years. God was going to be the hero of the story again. David didn't just see the Goliath of fear. He saw God. He saw God. Romans 8.31 says, If God is for us, who can be against us? You see, David didn't have faith in the stones or the sling. He had faith in God. He said, God will defeat you. And some of us today, we need to look at our fear in the face and we need to say, God will defeat you. God will defeat you. Today the Lord will conquer you. This is the Lord's battle and he will give us victory. A couple months ago, Pastor Pradeepin stood up on this stage and he said, our family is going through a really difficult time right now. And at that time, we couldn't share very much, and I still can't share very much. But at that time, we got some news about our little boy, Obi, who's two years old. that was really, really scary. And I'm sure you can understand that I can't divulge very much into that, because I want to protect my boy. But these are some things that could mess with his life for a long time. If God isn't God in our family. And we went on vacation after we had found out about this. And every day on vacation we cried. Because every day we were so fearful about our son's future. And if you've ever been a parent who's gotten some news like this, or a family member you you know that have fear. That fear looks like that Tyrannosaurus Rex. (laughs) And I feel like that giant of fear is trying to poke and taunt at my family. But you know what? The mama bear is rising up in me because I'm remembering what God has done. I'm remembering what he has done. I'm stirred with faith. I'm choosing to believe in God. I'm choosing to not just lead a church that loves each other, but lead a church that would love us too. And that means that we gotta be pastors who don't just tell you after the victory has come, we tell you now and we stand on stage and we cry and we say this sucks, but God is for us. I'm believing in God, I believe he's going to destroy the giant of fear in my life. And you know what? I will not let disappointment domesticate the faith I need for my son's healing. I won't let it happen. The mama bear in me is rising up because I believe in God. I believe in who he is. Jesus is the hero of our stories. Jesus has broken the power of fear over our lives. When he went to the cross and died, that fear died. And Jesus re- resurrected in victory. In victory. How do we fight? Here's our stones. I want you to hear this really quickly. My husband and I were fasting when we're praying for our boy. This is a stone that we're using to kill this giant. There's a group of people that I text every week. I call it my intercessory prayer team. It's a really spiritual long word. But these people pray for me every single week. They pray for us. They pray for our boy every single week. We surround ourselves with people who believe in miracles, not people who don't. That's huge and that's important. We're making God bigger than the issue that we're facing. We're making him bigger. We're worshiping him in our house. Some of you need to turn on some worship music. Some of you, when you're laying in bed and you can't get out of bed because anxiety and fear is just all over you, you need to turn on that music and you can need to say, I've seen you move, you move the mountains. Amen? That's how we fight, we fast, we pray, we worship, we get up in the morning, we fight for our kids, we fight against fear in our lives. I won't stop because I want to be like David, who says, Listen, he rescued us from slavery. He's not going to let us go back into slavery. I'll believe that about us. I want you to stand to your feet this morning. We're either going to believe in the Jesus we believe in or we're not. Amen. And I want us to fight the fear in our lives. Most of the things that you want are on the other side of fear. Let me say that again. Most of the things that you want are on the other side of your fear. So I want us to worship for a second. And I want us to stand in agreement and say, like David, I will not let fear paralyze me. Fear must fall. Can we say that together? Fear. Must fall. Come on, I want you to say it like you mean it. Fear must fall. Come on, let's sing this together. we remember what you have done I have seen you move mountains and I believe that you'll do it again oh I believe that God And for the people in this room, Jesus, I pray that you would defeat the giant of fear in their lives. I pray that there would be testimonies that say, listen, I used to be so scared, but I'm not scared. I'm not trapped in the chains of fear any longer because Jesus set me free. Jesus, you make a way where there seems to be no way, but there is. Thank you, God. We love you, Jesus. And we commit to being fearless people because of the name of Jesus. And we just say the duality of our faith is no more. We believe in you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. You can have a seat. Can we give God praise? You know, I wanna keep this just a really special moment here. I know some of you may, you walked into church and you say, this lady is screaming about Jesus and I don't know who he is, but I would love to know who he is. Today can be the day for you to give your life to Jesus. So I wanna give you that opportunity I'm just going to count to three. We're going to all close our eyes in a second. And I just want you to pop up your hand so I can see it. And, and I encourage you today, you not only can be set free of fear, but you can be set free of guilt and shame and the sin that so entangles your life. You can invite Jesus into your heart today. Amen? So I'm just going to count to three, and we're going to say a prayer together. Can we all bow our heads and close our eyes? And if you want to accept Christ, if you want to give your life to Jesus today, I want you to just raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. You can go ahead and lift up your hand just so I can see. Awesome. Amen. Amen. Everybody can look up here. We're going to say this prayer together. If you gave your heart to Jesus today, hey, what an incredible day. And listen, we're going to pray this all together with you. and We want to be a church body with you. So let's pray all together at the same time. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Take control of my life. I turn from my old ways and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, amen. Listen, if you gave your heart to Jesus today, I want you to, there's a little car right on your seat. You're just going to let us know that you gave your heart to Jesus. Amen. All right, let's turn the service back over to Pastor Pradeep.